Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, and welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I am Jim Martin, joined by Brad and Greg, two greats in the industry. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. I just want to thank you for uh, jumping on here and sharing your thoughts. These guys have built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way uh, through hard work, discipline, and really just getting it done. And one of the really cool things about their practices and you know, if you if you're out there listening and you find value in this, you know they they've done this um, they've done this methodically, and they also have amazing lives at the same time where they can spend time with their families, they can spend time following their interests while running uh, just high volume practices. So, gentlemen, welcome. And today we are talking about a, uh, a topic that is near and dear to our hearts, and that we see people really struggle with this time after time, and it's. You know, it's charging what you're worth. And I think people really struggle. Advisors primarily struggle with how do you price your services and how do you present it? And how do you how, where, where do you draw the line around this? And and what should you charge for for uh, advisory services? So I think this will be a topic that will help a ton of our listeners out and maybe even a couple of us. It'll help uh, set our our sights on what we should be charging or if we're over or under charging so we do it the right way. So with that said, uh, Greg, let's uh, let's just jump down to you. You're next to me on the screen here. But uh, do you think you're uh, do you think you're overcharging, undercharging or are you doing it the right way? Or are you uh, charging what you're worth? I'm charging what I'm worth. Uh, not always. <laughs> and it's I think until last year is finally where I got comfortable with what I was charging, how I was charging, that kind of thing. Uh, but in the past, yeah, I, I think I undercharged in the past. But we all, and we've heard these studies for years. We've probably been going to these conferences. Oh, there's this uh, this shift. Uh, you know, everything's getting cheaper. Advisory fees are going down. You got to stay competitive. You got to stay competitive. Well, the other thing that you can do is you can offer more. You can change your service model. And, you know, a lot of people a lot of advisors they they can't compete on you know my service model and i i just try to make that very clear to the prospects yeah i think i think that's valuable how about you brad like when, when you're in your market do you do you feel like relative to your market you're you're mm -hmm. under over you charging the right fee or are you making adjustments how where do you fall on this well i think i charge i think i charge a fair fee although some of our peers think that i undercharge I think I probably do things a little differently than most, although I'll find out in the next couple of minutes. I don't have a set fee schedule. You know, obviously I have one that my broker dealer discloses and then puts, you know, is negotiable like everybody's ADV. But um, I, I tell people that I price things based on uh, on two things. One, the, the level of assets and two, the uh, the scope of work. And then I tell them that, you know what, I, I do it that way just because I feel like most professional services do things that way. You know, I don't, 
the contractor doesn't have a set fee to build a, a house and I don't have a set fee to do particular set of services. So, you know, and I, and I do that if I have a client that, you know, wants me to travel or is a more complex, um, I'll charge them more. But if I have somebody, you know, I've gone as far as I have uh, a particular client in mind that came uh, from a firm that we all, that I know Greg is one of his favorite firms, employee model firm. Probably lots of our listeners are at that firm. And, you know, the guy didn't do a bad job. He had a, he had a financial plan and everything. He'd done a whole bunch of the work. The guy seemed to get it. Um, you know, the client seemed to get it. And he just needed a soundboard and, and someone to keep him on track. So I charge him a lot less because he's not a lot of work. So that's how I do it. I think it's fair. But before we jump to Jim, uh, Brad, you said something that's really interesting. And I was like, I was having a beer with my neighbor. This was probably last year, last fall. And he's he's a contractor. And I said, Well, how do how do you charge? You know, with the price of lumber and everything. And he goes, Well, if I can tell the the, you know, the couple, whoever I'm doing the work for is gonna be a big pain in my ass, I charge, <laughs> I bid them like twice. You know, yeah. one and a half to twice, you know, as much because I know I'm going to be spending a lot more time there. I yep. know they're going to be unhappy, unsatisfied. So I just bid and he said, you know, and every once in a while, they'll come back and say, okay, sounds fair. When can you start? And he's like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> now <laughs> I got to do the work. Right. But at least he knows that he's, he's set himself up. He's going to, he's got the margin there. Yeah, Greg, it's the same concept. And by the way, all, all of my contractor friends are the same way. It doesn't even have to be the people that they don't like. It could be a job they just don't want to do because it's hard or it's not in a you know, it's not in a good area. And so they'll just bid it in a way that like if they get the job, they will feel fairly compensated for it. So I mean, I do the same thing. You know, if there's people that I, you know, really don't enjoy talking to, don't really want to do it, but if they want to pay me, I'll do it. Um, so it goes both ways, but yeah, yeah I, I think that's common in the, in the, a lot of industries. Yeah. How Jim, about how about you? Yeah. Well, I, I want to say, I think Brad undercharges and I, I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we had this conversation offline, but I, I, here's Brad's a really good advisor and he, uh, he tells the truth. He's honest. He does a great job for his clients. And I know what he, he charges and I know what his competitors charge and He's not money hungry, which is not a bad thing, by the way. Like I, the the worst advisor is the one that's only doing it for the money, by the way. So I, I really do admire that, but I do think he's under charges. Here's what I think people should charge, honestly. I think you should charge what the market is calling for. And that means with smaller accounts, you charge you charge a premium. And for larger accounts, you charge a little less. The average is one percent. If you're if you're, you know, if you're if you're charging somebody with three hundred thousand dollars. 50 basis points, I think you're undercharging them ultimately. And that's not every, that's not, I don't, by the way, I'm not saying that's Brad, by the way, that's not, that's not his fee schedule and fee model. I'm just saying in general, this is what I've seen. Um, but I've also seen people way overcharge to Brad's point. Like, you know, you'll get people come in, they'll, 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 you, you sit down with them and you look at their fee and, you know, they've got a million dollars and they're getting charged one and a half percent. And, and they haven't talked to their person for eight years or some, some <laughs> crazy, you know, you, you see this stuff all the time. And I think there's uh, I I think, I think advisors should charge what they're worth. Remember you're offering a premium service, charge a premium fee. I wouldn't bend a lot on it, but you don't want to give up assets, you know, over 10 basis points either. It's, you don't have to be super rigid on this. And, and lastly, I think, I, I think here I'll, I'll share a little bit, but when I first started, 
I used to hear about fee compression constantly. All fee, and by the way, I started in 2009. Fee compression, fee compression, fee compression. Oh, we're all going to go, you know, we're going to end up charging 25 basis points, and that's how we're going to live. So I priced myself incredibly inexpensively when I first started. And then all of a sudden, guess what did not come in our space? I know in the rest of the industry, it's out there, but for financial advising fees, the robo advisors didn't take over and fee compression didn't damn happen. So I ended up costing myself hundreds of thousands of dollars by way underpricing myself. So don't underprice yourself if you can avoid it, because I'll tell you what's harder is going back to people and raising their fees, which by the way, I've done. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I will share that on our show here today. You can go back and raise fees, but it's more difficult as opposed to the front end. So Greg, I want to talk to you about, let's imagine you're sitting across from a prospect and you're talking to that prospect and and they kind of push back on the fee a little bit. What do you do in that situation? Yeah, I've... um... That has only happened maybe once or twice. And I, I think it's maybe of, of my uh, process of explaining fees and explaining uh, what what they're getting, you know, for it. Um, but man, that's that's a good question. I would say I, I would say, okay, what what did you have in mind? What was your understanding of what you're currently paying with your current advisor or current provider? And they may say, gosh, I I'm not paying anything. Uh, I'm only being charged, or that what I hear all the time, I'm being charged $40 a year. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Oh, boy. You're being charged $40 a year. That's and a, then I'll... It's, isn't that funny? And they're usually green uh, statements, by the way, when you see that. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I'm being charged $40 a year in my with my C-share mutual funds. They're free. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I, you know, I, I'm... I'm at the point, I guess, where I, I don't care if I get the client or not. Now, I, I'm I'm very polite to people, but but sometimes I'll say something like, well, you, if you've been around as long as I have, you know, good things aren't cheap and cheap things aren't good. And if you if you think getting, you're going to get the premier financial planning advice for paying $40 a year, you've, you've got another thing coming. Oh, uh, and then they, they kind of say, yeah, you know, we're not getting you know, any help with social security or tax planning, you know, we haven't heard from the person in four years and they're kind of shaking their heads. So to answer, get back to your question, uh, Jim, I, I don't hear, I don't have that pushback a lot, but that's what I would ask is, is, you know, what did you have in mind? What was your understanding of how, and, and sometimes if someone, I had an older couple that was like, they were damn near 80 and they just couldn't get off of that $40 a year. And, and I, and I said, Hey, I I just think our services are probably going to be, you know, outside of your wheelhouse. I think we're going to be, you know, a little too expensive and that's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings if we're, we're too expensive. What about you, Brad? Yeah. I think I told that story already on a previous episode about my C-share $40 a year experience. (laughs) I already do that. No, we want to hear it again because I can't remember it. All right, I'll do the abridged version. As was early on, I mean, this would have, this was a two million dollar prospect. This would have doubled up my book, maybe tripled. I have no idea. It was it was early, and um, it was a husband and wife. He was a a contractor, or he worked for a contractor, just blue collar guy. She was a teacher, and they had inherited this money, and it was at um, a regional BD. And um, I went and met with them. Went really well. I was still going to people's houses then. And when we got to the fee part, I thought like, this is going to be a great account. Like I'm going to, you know, I quoted them like 50 or 60 basis points. And um, they, they, they balked and were like, wow, you know, that's, 
were no, they thought that that was too high, and it turned out they had their two million dollars was in C shares. And Greg, they said the same thing. They said we only pay, I think it was seventy five dollars a year now. And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, we got out, you know, we got at the family computer desk, and I went and I showed them on Yahoo Finance their expense ratios that they were paying over two percent a year, and um, and I remember I closed it with saying, you know, listen, where the place where you go, you know, they have employees and nice office and all this other stuff, nice cars in the parking lot. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, just do the math on, uh, you know, at, well, you're thinking about it. Just do the math on how many clients they would have to have if they only charge people 40 bucks a year and see if you think that's feasible. And I thought, you know, they could, they would get it. Yeah. We've got a follow-up uh, two weeks later and they said, you know, they liked me and they appreciated everything I said, but um, they couldn't get over the fee and they were going to stay stay put, paying 2.3% on $2 million in, four, in uh, C shares. Oh my God. Um, I, I think, I think Jim, in your, your original question though, I think it depends how you handle it on what what perspective they're coming from. You know, in, in Greg's example, in my examples, you know, they're just used to the fees being hidden. You know, you could get someone that is just coming from a lower cost, you know, fee-based account. You could get someone who's never had an advisor and only has a 401k and never sees the fees at all. So I think you handle it different ways depending on what their reason for balking in the first place is. Obviously not like I handled it because, you know, that ended up as a goose egg. Yeah. Well, you were, you were young in the business and we, we've all, that, that that's called learning. That's how we learn. And, and the reality is I think Greg handles it. Greg probably handles it the right way. You need to have this conversation and you need to walk them through the process before it comes up. If the client's bringing up the fee, you've, you've sort of, you've, you missed the opportunity in a big way. So I think it's completely reasonable to be transparent. And by the way, like you, you're not a right fit for everyone. And it's okay to tell them that. Like now, some of this, I, I think Jeff says it. I can't remember how he says it, but he talks about we've earned that right to be able to say this because our businesses are where they're at. But it's okay. Like, you know, when I sit down across from someone, I sat down, I sat down today and had a conversation with someone. And I said, look, here's the reality. You're you're here shopping us to figure out do you like us? Do you trust us? And do you think we're competent? And we're trying to figure out do we like you and want to work with you? And we're not right for everyone. If if none of those hit, then this is not going to be a good relationship. And if somebody is hyper-focused on the fee or beating you up on the fee, you're probably never going to make this person happy. Right. And they're probably going to take the next person. And it's okay, by the way. Look, you can send those people to Vanguard and, and they can get money management for 30 bips. And, you know, and they get a CFP assigned to them. I mean, you know, one every week, but they get right. one assigned to them. So I think that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, look, guys, have either of you ever modified your fee schedule? Have you thought about fee increases along the way? Yeah, I'm thinking about them right now. And you're going to help me with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I I have changed mine the last uh, just last year. Now now I have an upfront planning fee, um, nominal planning fee. Uh, to just to kind of, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons for that. We can get into that at another point. And, and then, of course, there's an advisory fee um, that I have increased as well. So um, let me make so, sure I understand, Greg. You, you, a prospect comes in, wants to sit down with you, and you do present a, a planning fee up front uh, before before you'll you'll meet with them or before you'll do the work for them. 
Before I do the work for them, yes. Okay. So they sure. know, hey, it's it's X amount of dollars, which is then discounted if you do become an advisory client. If you decide not to, it is you know X amount of dollars. Okay. So so they kind of know what you know. Hey, I'm I'm not building this plan. I'm not doing all this work for for nothing, right? Right. Well, I think that 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 adds value to what you're offering. That you value yeah. you value that enough, and you're probably is, is the is the price so steep it scares them away, or just enough that you know they'll take it serious. It, 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 the latter, definitely. You know, it, it's not you know in the basement. It's not. It doesn't scare people away. So it's it's a it's a reasonable fee, and you gotta you know I I, I put a lot of thought, talk to a lot of advisors on it. Um, and uh, and I I think it it makes sense for what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I think it's great. Greg, do you get um, do you get a lot of people wanting one or the other, and and being proactive about asking you, would you do the planning for me? I don't need help with the investments. Or do you also get people saying, I just came to you invest for investments. I don't want to plan. Hey, pardon the interruption. Hey, if you're anything like us, you are hyper-focused on growing your practice in 2023. With that said, me and the guys have put together a world-class webinar that will help you do just that. We're gonna give you our best ideas, our best ideas on marketing. What are some things you can implement right now to grow your practice? Our best ideas on sales process. How do you close more business? our best ideas on client service. How do you retain, grow your relationships for life and increase referrals without even asking for them? And finally, how do you build a scalable, world-class investment model? If you want to join the webinar, go out to 23grow.com. Again, that's 23grow.com. Register for our webinar. There's no cost to attend. It's one time only. You don't want to miss it. If you're if you're dialed into growing this year, this is for you. If you want to become a better advisor, deliver better service to your clients, this webinar is for you. So join today. Go out to 23grow.com. Now back to the show. I've never had people say that I don't want the planning. I just want investments. Nor, you know, all the time it's and typically it's the do-it-yourselfer that, you know, does they they don't have a clue about tax planning, social security timing, you know, Roth conversions, things like that that are more strategic. That do-it-yourselfer wants like one-off bits of information and they want a retirement plan built, but they don't want to give up the investment management because that's their hobby. For those people, yes, I I will do. Uh, the the plan, but it's going to it's going to be yes contractor pricing. It's going to be very very expensive. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 I, that's fascinating. We get people like that sometimes who just want the plan. They don't want to give up the assets. Same mm -hmm. reason it's their hobby, and, and we price ourselves so high on that because uh, I don't want to be in the plan building business. Right. And it's a lot of work to deal with people that you really don't want to deal with and to, that really don't value your total holistic offering either. And, and it goes back to it goes back to how you explain it too. What what I'll say to them is is typically our clients, 99% of our clients, virtually all of them, they want a partner. They want a financial advocate that's going to be there for them and they can meet with and review and make changes with and update their retirement plan. They don't just want temporary planning or temporary advice because they know this retirement's going to be 30 years. So you can see if we're doing temporary planning, all it's going to take is one 
tax law change like the Secure Act 2.0, and you can throw that retirement plan you just paid for out the window because it's irrelevant at that point. So most people don't want temporary planning, but I'm happy to put together a plan for you if the price is right. Yeah, you know what drives me crazy about people that, especially the, the people that put in their in their ADV, their, their hourly, that offer hourly, even though they don't want to do hourly. I mean, these are guys I know that are like, you know, they're at RJ or they're at Stiefel or something. Like, I know they're not hourly planners, but you'll see like one of my local guys puts like 350 an hour on his, on his marketing. And I'm like, in a lot of cases, that's below what you earn normally <laughs> when you're working. Right. Don't do that for sure. Like, right. You know, so what I, I don't know what you guys do, but when people ask me about hourly, I'll, I quote him a thousand dollars an hour. I'm like, sure. I'm not going to take a pay cut to do business the way I don't even want to do it. I'll do it, but it's going to be in the ballpark of, you know, do the math, 2000 yep. hours a year, 500 an hour is a million dollar producer. If you're working full time, yep. so I'm definitely over 500 for sure. Yeah. I, I tell him a thousand dollars an hour, five hour minimum. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've only ever had one person want to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I do the same thing, Greg, that you do. That that it's discounted back if if they do become a a, a full blown client of the firm. It, we will we will work with them. That I think it's really um, I think you've got to work with the people you want. There's nothing wrong with charging a planning fee if that's like if that's your bread and butter. If if your goal is to build a planning fee, do it, but don't underprice yourself. Like don't don't go out and build two hundred fifty dollars plans while you're charging one and a half percent to manage money. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I've had um I've had people like that come through, and you know again I, I think the language that uh, Greg used, and I want to underline it because I think you know Greg, you you really are like a a language ninja uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, really, like you you when you talked about that you're their financial advocate. I mean, that's a powerful statement to somebody. Most of my clients want a financial advocate. They want a financial partner on this journey of retirement because it's so complex. Huge. Like use that language. That's that, 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 especially to a, especially to a woman, that's a big deal across the, across the table, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, uh, I'm actually glad you pointed that out, uh, Jim, because that's not, uh, I am not a word ninja, but, but if you, like if you look at actors, actors know their lines and I just have, like, I have a notebook and I, every time I heard Nick Murray or I heard somebody speak, I would just like write down and maybe it's like a, uh, I don't know, a quirk that I have, but I'm like, wow, damn, that was good. <laughs> that was good. If you've ever heard Deion Sanders talk, he'll say something and be like, wow, you guys should clap after that. But, but I just write all that stuff down. So I, I literally have a notebook of things that I've heard over the years that I've just kind of kept with me. Um, and, and I just kind of repeat them. It's just like, you know, the same, the same bullshit over and over again. So what I'll tell you what, when, when we're talking about fees, one of the, I forgot to mention this, but one of the things that I think is really powerful is, you know, a lot of times we'll meet with a client and we'll go through and we'll begin to look at their, or a prospect rather, and we'll begin to look at where they're at. And we can see cost savings immediately, whether that's your fee is going to be lower than they're paying now, or there maybe, maybe you're looking out over a 10 year period of the returns you're going to be able to deliver based upon the allocation that they're currently in and what you're going to move them to. 
And I think it's okay to like walk them through the value adds that you're going to offer along the way to help justify your fee, especially especially for that person who's never managed, never had an advisor before. Because that's a big look. It's a big deal. You meet somebody with a million dollars in a 401k, and you're going to charge them one percent. They're going to be paying you ten grand a year. I mean, their their admin fees in that 401k are just nothing compared to that. And being able to show the value is a really big deal, whether that's through Roth conversions, whether that's through uh, that, whether that's through social security optimization optimization strategies. There's a lot of them, but it's okay for you to walk people through and talk about the the value add you offer. Now, when you guys are when you guys are meeting with prospects and you're 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 not ju- we never should justify our fee, by the way. But you're talking about those value adds where you're going to add them and how they relate to the fee. How, how do you guys bring that up to people? Reword. Rattle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you, like, you know, like, you're going to, you're going to give them low cost, like, I'll use Brad as an example, because I, I think I've got a, a little bit of a window inside his practice. He's going to offer a, a really, uh, a really systematized investment program that's, that's low cost passive, that if you're in an actively managed wrap account right now, you might be paying 1% for whatever the underlying fund managers are and then 1% to the advisor. And Brad's going to come in and offer them all in at 1.1%. How do you show them the value? So in that scenario, especially, oddly enough, that's a scenario that I would, the last thing that I would do there is point out the um, the cost difference. Because I if I, I don't want to turn it into a co- uh, competition on cost. So even in a glaringly easy one to win, I don't want the next one. You know, I don't want you know Schwab intelligent portfolios to be the next thing they look at and draw the conclusion because of me, oh, well, this is even cheaper, so I'll go there. Uh, no, I just deal, I just, uh, I don't even, I think I just try and pretend it's a non-issue, like, I think our industry gets tied up a lot in, especially maybe the last ten years in, in fees and whatnot. I mean, how many how many forms do we need to disclose fees and this, that, and the other thing? But I just try and look at it like when you go to a lawyer or a, I mean, when I go get my oil changed, the guy at the desk isn't like prepared to uh, explain to me and justify the value of his services. I mean, so you don't negotiate your oil changes. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't right. cost their money. Yeah. This is what it costs. You came here, I assuming, as an intelligent, sentient human being. And I would expect that you would anticipate that by coming to a business, there is a cost associated. So, if you know, unless they make it an issue, I'm just going to go over it just like anybody else would. Like, this is what I do and this is what I cost and move on. And honestly, like, maybe it's just my market, but, you know, I'm going to guess 90% of the time, it's not even much of a discussion. Yeah, I experienced the same thing. And I, and I think that the, the way I sometimes phrase it to people when, when we, we do discuss fees and this is, you know, this is some of the justification, but I always let them know that, you know, ultimately, in order to have value, you've got to be able to do one percent better than me or some variation of that line. And then yeah. the other thing I, I mentioned to him is, look, this is in a marriage. We're not signing a contract. If if you don't like me, you're only hiring me by the quarter. And if uh, for some reason I don't perform up to your expectations, please let me know. But you're free to walk away whenever you want. So this is not a lifetime contract. We're, we're, we're This is a quarterly contract, essentially. It's a quarterly agreement around fees. So, yeah, that's how we do it. Greg, what about you? Like, 
how do you like when you're to the point where you're going to justify your fee? And I again, I don't think you should have to justify it, but you're you're charging a premium fee. So I guess more than anything, how do you present your services you offer? So if I'm sitting across from Greg and Greg says, hey, I'm going to charge you one and a half percent or whatever your fee is. How does it become a non-issue? Like what's the suite of services that you present in order to make sure people see value? Yeah, it's I mean it's it's really just asking them questions and and what they're looking for. And and I always point out the obvious fact, if they were satisfied how they were in their current state, they wouldn't be in my office, right? So if if they had a, you know, if <laughs> I'll just say they come in with a green statement, well, there's a reason why you're here. You've got a you 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 got an advisor somewhere. Um, it might be a house account. It might be an advisor. Who whoever it is, um, what are you looking for? And and, and kind of let them tell you. And a lot of a lot of what we do is not the portfolio management, is not the investment management. It's all the other stuff, right? If I look at a statement and there's no beneficiaries on the IRA, it's like, oh, you mentioned, Cindy, you mentioned that you have two daughters um, that were Amber and Tiffany. I noticed, and let's say she's divorced, I noticed that you didn't have your two daughters as your beneficiaries. Uh, is, is that Was that really your intention? Oh, I can't believe I don't have my... You know, yada, yada. Oh, that's something that we can take care of. You know, so it's all the other stuff, but typically besides the investment management um, that that we're here for. So uh, so I kind of just get down to that. Like, wh- what do you, what do you, what did you show up for? Nobody's ever come into my office and say and said, I want the I want the best kick-ass uh portfolio you can put together. I want the best mutual funds, the all the the one, the number one on Barron's list mutual fund or whatever the heck they're talking about. That, that's not what they want. They typically they want help with retirement planning. They they want to, you know, should I claim my social security now? Is am I okay to retire? That kind of thing. So I kind of focus on all that, all the planning and the investment management. I kind of explain, hey, this is kind of how we do it. This is this is kind of the strategy I think would make sense for you. Oh, and by the way, this is the advisory cost. Um, is that fair? Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah, I, you know, um, I charge a premium fee and I we, we will have some times where people, it won't be right for certain people who are very cost conscious and bargain shoppers. And they'll self-select themselves out. But I have plenty of times where I'm in a competitive situation and, and they end up choosing me, even though they're going to pay more yeah. because of the value adds along the way, because of the the, the value that we're going to add to them. You know, guys, I, I thought this has been a pretty good, uh, pretty good conversation as we've, we've dove through here. And I want to, um, I kind of want to get to, I want to wrap up here, but I do want to, I want to have some final thoughts around fees and charging what you're worth and, you know, some things our listeners can do. Cause we, really we're all about action on this, on this podcast. The goal of what we do every day is to help you get better and to run the practice of your dreams. That's what we, we're trying to accomplish in our own lives. So Greg, I'll kick it over to you first. Uh, final thoughts is we're, we're talking about charging what you're worth. Yeah. That's the thing is, is come up with how you're going to do it, what you think is reasonable. And and maybe you have to write it out and really in your mind think, okay, you know, for a $500,000 account, this is what I think is fair. And and maybe review your book and say, okay, for all the $500,000 accounts, what am I currently charging them? And and, and kind of just, you know, come up with a fee schedule that you're comfortable with, that you have confidence in. And 
you know, just kind of know that, hey, there are going to be those bargain shoppers out there. Your, your, your fee is not going to be right for everybody. That's just something you're going to have to face. But until you get comfortable with it, I, it's it's just really going to hold you back. And if you're going to be like me, then you're going to say, okay, gosh, I had this person, I undercharged them. I've been undercharging them for all these years. And and okay, if, if I'm charging a current client this and I'm doing the same amount of work for this new client that, that just signed the dotted line and I'm charging them 25% more, how the hell is that fair? Jiffy Lube doesn't charge some people. Oh, you're a you're you you've been coming to Jiffy Lube for you know five years. We're going to charge you ten dollars for an oil change, and the new people are thirty five. No, they charge everybody the same. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it might be something you have to. Uh, I, I've had a couple clients this past year say, you know, you're the only pr- service provider we have that hasn't changed their rates on us this year. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good time to raise fees. Right. I'm like, well, Cindy, <laughs> you're in luck. Uh, yeah, and I want to I want to uh, underline what you said there about the fact that you know you're you're allowing maybe some clients to subsidize some other clients because you're keeping the fees artificially low. You're doing the same work for the same asset level, and how the hell is that fair? And it not everything has to be fair in life. You know, I get that. We're not. You know, that's not who we are. But but it does make a lot of sense. Brad, how about you, sir? Final thoughts here on this subject. So I have two. One, I think uh, we, I think advisors worry about and talk about fees a lot more on average than clients. <laughs> I think we, we make this way more complicated than it really needs to be. And secondly, maybe tied to that Jim, when you mentioned earlier, this has been on my mind a lot lately. You used a hypothetical earlier about the million-dollar client paying one and a half percent, which uh, you know we're all on the same page. That is way above market, I think. But probably, I bet to the average investor, there is no difference between one point one and one point five because we are one of the few professions that talks in basis points. To us, maybe mortgage brokers also talk a lot in basis points, but to the average person, if you could go back 20 years in your life and think about the difference between 0. 0.9, 1.1, and 1.5, most people are like, eh, it's all pretty much the same. Move on. Uh, I think we wrap ourselves a lot of, into a lot of minutia on this subject that we really don't need to. So set it, move on. It's probably not a problem. Yeah, get rid of the head trash that that's yeah. in there around that. I think that's a huge point. And I, I would say, you know, as you're setting your fee schedule, benchmark it to what other firms are doing. Like it's really easy to figure out what Merrill Lynch and Morgan Stanley and Edward Jones and Fisher charge. And you don't need to be half the cost of them. What do you think that makes you look like if if you're charging half the fee of your competitor? That's not a uh, that's not a good look, generally speaking. If you went out and tried to buy a car that cost half as much as the other one down the street, you might think there's something wrong with it. Don't think those costs have a perception. That doesn't mean overcharge. Look, I'm going to post our uh, I'm going to post my fee my my when this episode airs, I'll post my fee schedule out on uh, the Facebook group. And guys, you can join our Facebook group. Just go out to the Financial Advisors Edge community. That's right on Facebook. Just type in the Financial Advisors Edge. You'll see it. Send us a, a, a request and uh, we'd love to love to share share with you there. We have a lot of people engaging. Uh, we're, we're hosting a, a webinar that I want to make sure it's going to be a big deal. We've got hundreds of people signed up for it. 
We are super excited about it. We're going to talk about our very best growth ideas uh, for 2023. So go out to 23grow.com. Again, that's 23grow.com. Join that uh, webinar. But more than anything, hey, thanks for listening. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.